We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Trochi, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Trochi, and keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and submit a brief review. That would be very helpful for us. And week 13 is here, Bill. We're going to give everybody a viewer's guide to rivalry week, Thanksgiving weekend, best time of the year. And before we get started, I want to know what your role is in the preparation for Thanksgiving dinner at the Bender household. Are you, are you, do you, are you banned from the kitchen? Cause I can Most, picture that. Yeah. Well, a couple of years ago when we host, I help more, but we're going up to, uh, my wife, Kimberly's family, uh, we're going up that way this year, which we haven't done since COVID. So that'll be nice. Um, so yeah, I'll be, but her face was pretty priceless when I said, you know, the Packers play the Lions at noon. Uh-oh. And she just kind of looked at me like, and I was like, and the Lions are eight and two. So I'm not going to be in a good mood, but <laughs> you know what? They, they may pull an upset. We, who knows? But there's a, uh, yeah, it, it, it's always a, we get up and down. I don't know what your guys' plans are, but, uh, you know, it's just good to be around family and, and try to balance all that. We've got a basketball tournament sandwiched in there and good you know, this, this game in Ann Arbor. So I'll be moving a lot this weekend. I'm going to try to do a little sweet potato casserole, like with the marshmallows <laughs> and the pecans and the nuts. You know, you know what I'm talking about, the brown sugar and all that. So oh, yeah. um, I'm not touching the turkey, though. I'm not going to try to. Not going to try to overstep the bounds or anything. So, but yeah, we can't wait. But let's first talk a little football. Of course, it's Ohio State Michigan weekend. We've been waiting all year for this game. Everything has been pointing towards it. The drama has been building. And we're going to kick it off with some Trochi trivia, Ohio State Michigan related. Now, I feel like I'm a fool trying to fool you on a Michigan, Ohio, Michigan, Ohio State trivia question because I think you can go play by play for the last 10 years of this game. So, but I'm going to throw it out there and uh, it's actually kind of, kind of easy in terms of it's a 50, 50 question. 
Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Sure. For the 50-50 question. Okay. Who threw more touchdowns in Ohio State-Michigan games? Tom Brady or C.J. Stroud? Mm-hmm. That is the trivia question. I'm sure you can nail it, but uh, you got a 50-50 shot. So, right. all right, let's get into that. We'll get to do this. We'll answer that at the end of the show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Of course, this week we're going to start with our viewer's guide on Friday. As we kick things off uh, at noon on Friday, we've got number 16, Iowa at Nebraska, noon CBS. Nebraska, I think now is a two-and-a-half point favorite. It has gone up from one-and-a-half to two-and-a-half. But the number you've got to know, these over-unders keep getting lower and lower and lower. This one, 26-and-a-half. It's another new record for Iowa. These are, here's my stat I dug up. There are 14 Power 5 teams ranked 100th or worse in scoring offense. Eight of the 14 are in the Big Ten. This game features number 121 Nebraska versus number 123 Iowa. Uh, So Iowa, three games clear in Nebraska in the standings, yet they are an underdog. Can you explain that one? Well, I mean, you know, obviously these teams are going to play really good defense. Uh, Nebraska torched them last year. And one of the things you look for in it's one of those motivation games. Nebraska needs that building block of getting to a bowl game. Otherwise, we're talking about Friday. Matt Rule couldn't do it. Scott Frost couldn't do it. Um, And and Iowa just continues to win ugly. Uh, They are building some momentum. They're 13th in the Big Ten in scoring, which is incredible. And yet they... uh, Right, here they are on the cusp of a 10-1 season. It's really remarkable in so many ways. 13th in by far the worst scoring conference in the country. And they're the still worst, yeah, the worst offensive conference in the country. That's by fair. Far. 
Yeah, uh, it's amazing. So as the question, one of my friends was talking, I was like, well, are the defenses really that good? Or are the offenses that bad? Or are the defenses so good they make good offenses bad? Hard to say. That's a good question because to me it's um, – we. I was sitting next to Cameron Teague at Penn State, Ohio State, and we had that exact conversation. We're sitting there watching this slugfest, and you know Cameron is a really good writer over there, covers Ohio State, and I just kept like – you know me, I'm complaining about something most of the time. I complain. I was complaining about all these commercials, and I'm. He was laughing. I'm like, I said, Cameron, is this good offense, or bad offense, or good defense, or both? <laughs> and we kind of agreed it was a little bit of both because it was the off. The defenses were great, but the execution was terrible in that game in a lot of instances. Well, it's funny. I this struck me, and we'll get on to the next games and everything. That the other day, last Saturday, I was watching. You know, I watched Maryland, Michigan, and Penn State Rutgers were on back and forth at the noon window, and it was just, you know, good defense, all that, whatever, and not really explosive offenses. And then Georgia, Tennessee came on, and I was working, whatever, and I looked up. I just saw one play. It was a Tennessee wide receiver, and he was press coverage against a Georgia DB, and he had to fight his way off the line, whatever. And he pushed it about eight, nine yards, cut to the middle of the field. Joe Milton fires like a ball 100 miles an hour. Georgia DBs all over him, but he, he, the receiver makes the catch. They make 11 yards out of it. And uh, it was good coverage, nothing you could do. And I was like, that play does not happen in the Big Ten. Right. Especially from uh, anyone outside of Ohio State and Michigan. And even those you know teams can't really do it. And you got Tennessee, who's middle of the pack in the SEC – who pulled it off. And it was just striking to me after watching a lot of big 10 uh, during the day to see that play. And I was just like, yeah, that I haven't seen that all day. Cause I've been watching big 10 football. So, well, um, we, we had a story about Ohio state. We'll talk more about Ohio state, Michigan, but I'll spoil this one. Talk to urban Meyer last week about this. And mm-hmm. he said point blank. And some of it didn't make the article. Uh, you know, he said, this is the worst the big 10 has been outside of Ohio state, Michigan, in a while, like he was talking about when he was at Ohio State, Wisconsin had Monty Ball and, and Melvin Gordon and those guys. I uh, said Iowa's offense was better. Michigan State had Mark D'Antonio. Nebraska was better. Um, the rest of the Big Ten better get its act together because they have new people coming. And, and you know, if you're Michigan State, Wisconsin and those schools, I mean, Wisconsin shouldn't be five and six. So, I mean, those are some schools to watch. But you're, you're dead on with that. Um it's our our editor Elliot Ponnell somehow he must be uh what do they call it the sadist is that what it's called when you you watch Iowa for four hours every week you've got something at least a little bit wrong every did I use week. that word right sadist is that what it is yes yes okay good uh now the um Big Ten's got to consider themselves lucky that uh, Bo Nix is not coming into the league next year. Michael Penix is not coming into the league next year. And Caleb Williams is not coming into the league next year. So uh, we'll see how all that plays out. All right, enough of uh, Big Ten West talk. Number nine, Missouri at Arkansas. This is Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock, CBS. Missouri, seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Sam Pittman, who's announced this week, will return next year despite the 4-7 and seven record. One and five in one score games. They were 0 and five. They finally broke through with an overtime win at Florida. Is this program still in good hands? Yeah, it's a tough job. 
you know, it's life in the SEC West. You know, you could go through this and remember, as you know, I go on fine bomb sometimes. And we had this back and forth about one of our clashes. And Paul and I do that occasionally. He said it was harder <laughs> to win at Arkansas than it was to Iowa, at Iowa State. And I was like, you're you're on something, Paul. Come on, dude. And and he may be right on some level. It is hard to win at Arkansas now. My point was, dude, it's Iowa State. Come on. Like, uh, you know, Arkansas won a national title. Granted, it was 1950. So, you know, it's a tough game for them, though. Missouri's kind of controlled this series more than I thought, even in some of those lean years. Their offense is a lot of fun to watch. I think if Missouri wins this 10th game, the committee's going to have a little bit of a decision between them and Ole Miss as, as far as who maybe goes to one of those New Year's Day six bowls. So good on Mizzou if they can do that. Right now I have them in the Cotton Bowl play in Texas, and that'd be another SEC. There's going to be – Brian Driscoll and I talked about these last night. There's going to be a lot of infomercials going into uh, next year if these SEC and Big Ten teams are playing each other in bowl games. Speaking of Texas, Friday night we got two – Playoff contenders in action, and so Friday night, make sure you 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 know find a TV as you are you know wrapping up your Thanksgiving activities with families and friends and all that thing. Texas Tech at number seven, Texas seven thirty on ABC. Texas is a twelve and a half point favorite. They can earn a spot in the Big Twelve title game for the first time since twenty eighteen, which is just crazy uh, when it lost to Oklahoma. They obviously are uh, hoping to keep their playoff hopes alive. Texas Tech comes in on a three-game winning streak, and they beat the Longhorns 37-34 in overtime last year. Quinn Ewers did not play in that game. Uh, Texas Tech is 5-3 and three in the Big 12. They beat UCF 24-23 last week. I don't know if you saw the end of this. or I, I, I was reading about it as we were researching for this pod. They blocked an extra point with five and a half minutes to go to stay ahead 24-23, and then they killed the remainder of the game on offense. And UCF had all three of their timeouts, and they still killed the final 5:30 to win it 24-23. So pretty good. So Texas, this is going to be more difficult than I think I thought. Yeah, and it will. And, you know, it's one of those farewell games. There's a couple of those. Oklahoma's mm-hmm. playing in one of those with TCU. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about, same. So, I mean, emotions will be high. I still think Texas has just found a way. You know, they found a way in Ames last week. They it was more comfortable than we thought. You know, C.J. Baxter steps in at running back. He's pretty talented. So, they they have depth through recruiting. And I always talk about depth through recruiting. I think it will show up in this game. They've played some wild ones with Texas Tech in the past. Obviously, last year the Red Raiders won, I believe. Was that the game where – McGuire said, you know, the Big 12 runs through Lubbock. Well, through Lubbock. Through Lubbock, baby. Well, might starting next year, but I think the, the Longhorns get this one done and, and take care of business and punch their ticket. I know there's some scenarios we're going to talk about in a little bit, but I think this will make it easier for at least one of them. The Longhorns clinch their spot. And they need some style points, right? They know, you know, they're seven right now with the eight teams that everyone kind of thinks is uh, eight teams for four spots right now. They're sitting at number seven. So if they have a chance, to tack on some late TDs and that kind of thing, they certainly will to try to help their playoff chances. All right, the big one Friday night again, number 11, Oregon State at number six, Oregon, 830 on Fox. Oregon, 13.5-point favorite. This spread seems high to me. They both played Washington. Oregon lost by three. Oregon State lost by two. 
Uh, Oregon State won this game last year, 38-34, against Bo Nix and Bucky Irving and Troy Franklin. So, I mean, I would favor Oregon, but maybe not by two touchdowns. They, there's tons of pressure, obviously, on Oregon to win this game. If Oregon loses and Arizona wins, Arizona goes to the to, to Las Vegas to play Washington. So uh, Arizona plays in the afternoon on Friday. Oregon will know at kickoff what their situation is. Uh, they may be uh, in a win-or-go-home situation if uh, if Arizona wins. So uh, what are your thoughts on this one? It should be really fun. Wait, good, Great way to, to cap Friday. Yeah, I mean, I took Oregon to cover, which is risky. Um, they are at home. Oregon State hasn't won there since 2007. They're, the style points are, are coming. And Brian and I sketched out a playoff scenario last night where I can deal with you, but real quickly, um, Big Ten champ, uh, ACC champ, they go undefeated. So you've got uh, Michigan, Ohio, we'll say Ohio State undefeated, Florida State undefeated. And then it works out that if Alabama wins and Oregon wins and Texas wins out, they have to pick two of three between Oregon, Texas, and Alabama and Georgia in there. And that will get messy. And I think Oregon knows that. So in order not to be left out, they've got to score some style points here. So I like them at home. I like them to keep rolling 35 or more points at home. Oregon State coming off that physical game is a rivalry game. Another bad feeling game with Oregon leaving for the Big Ten. I just and I I think Driscoll was in agreement on this one that I think they get rolling and they they take care of business. Saturday. So that'll be Friday. Friday will be really fun. Saturday, of course, noon window. And we're only going to talk about one game in the noon window, and you know what it is. Number two, Ohio State at number three, Michigan. This one's on Fox. Michigan, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I guess I got a couple questions for you on this one. One, Marvin Harrison Jr. He was the difference when Ohio State beat Penn State, right? Mm -hmm. Can he be the difference in this one, similar to how he was in that one? Well, he had a big game last year. Like, he had 120 and a touchdown last year. So... I mean, yeah, he could absolutely be the one guy on this field. And, you know, it's one of those games that it, it, we, again, we did this kind of talking about how this is the last one before everything changes. We have that story coming at Sporting News. And John Jansen, I talked to him, he played in 1997, and he said that was the most physical and violent game I've ever played in. John <laughs> Jansen played 12 years for the Redskins you know, in Washington in the NFL. And he played 17 years of right tackle. And he said that was the one game. And I feel like this is going to be like that. All the animosity and the drama, yeah, it's there. And it'll be present, but it's going to be hot. And and did you notice, Bill, in the press conferences this week, they asked Brian Day and Jim Harbaugh straight up about the respect between the programs question. And both of them gave like here, you asked me if I respect the, the program. Go ahead. Like yeah, well, you, Luke, Luke, Coach Day, do you respect the Michigan program? The focus is on the rivalry, you know, and then Jim do Jim Harbaugh the same question. And he said, everything is about preparation. They didn't address like it used to be like Urban Meyer would be notorious for saying, um, you know, you always have respect for the rivalry. 365. That's not a bad urban uh, 365 days a year. And. You know, we get after it and, you know, that you'd, you'd be doing a disservice if you didn't respect it. And we have a lot of respect for that program. Woody and Bo weren't like that. 
you know, and they were best friends, but they hated each other during the year. And there is actual palpable hate this time. So that's going to make for a good theater, good show. I, I might be reading too much into last week, but I think after watching these teams last week, I feel like Ohio State is in really good position to win this football game. Yeah, on the Michigan side, is there concern with how McCarthy looked? Last, I mean, they took the ball out of his hands against Penn State. They put it back in his hands a little bit against Maryland, but he didn't really respond. So he is not looking as good as he was midseason uh, as he enters the biggest game of the year. No, he said they asked him about his health yesterday. It wasn't feeling great, but he feels better. So maybe it was a flu. Maybe it was, you know, a leg injury, something. When he had that, got ruled up in that Penn State game. And it definitely, you know, they like you said, they've taken the ball out of his hands. I think that's more of the issue to me is you look at the last two weeks, and I've been preaching this stat all week. Michigan last two weeks, 91 running plays, 31 rushing or 31 pass plays. They're not going to, if they're able to do that Saturday, we're going to be writing a lot of takes about why Ohio State's defense couldn't stop Michigan. Isn't tough enough. They're not right. the tougher team. Right. We're going to write a lot of Jim Knowles hot takes if, if Michigan's able to maintain that. They're going to have to throw it more. The other way, you know, Ohio State, the, the last two games, and you could really stretch it back another game, 67 running plays, 67 pass play, or 67 run, 66 pass. Perfect balance. Travion Henderson's been huge. Their offensive lines come along. They have Harrison on the outside. McCord's playing well. And, and I felt the same way about these teams last year. It was like a high state's got the momentum, Blake Quorum's hurt. And what happened? Michigan beat them by 22 points. So it, it I, I think we got to do our best, Bill, to put last week behind us and just realize that when they get out there, it's probably going to be a 21-17 game either way where one or two turnovers makes the difference. And if you enjoyed the Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Penn State, Ohio State games, you're going to enjoy this one too. And another concern on the Michigan side is Sharon Moore having to make these big decisions, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I've talked about I didn't think it was a big deal that Harbaugh was suspended and things like that. You push back on that for this game, and I'm starting to come around on that because we've seen coaches, inexperienced coaches, Marcus Freeman, for one, for our Notre Dame listeners, learning on the job and not – being able to rise to the occasion when the when the decisions and the pressure is on and it's time to figure out if you're going to go for it on fourth down and when you're going to call timeout and what you're going to do before halftime and then, of course, what you're going to do in the most crucial points of the game. And like I said, we, we've seen inexperienced coaches kind of fumble these decisions, even experienced coaches. Um, but if I'm Michigan, I'd rather have Jim Harbaugh on the sideline than, than Sheryl Moore. Yeah, well, in this game too, it's – wild I, when i was talking to urban meyer he was talking about the 2016 game and second guessing decisions he made in that game and they won like he was second guessing a punt that you know they ended up doing a really good job on jabril peppers they pump block they get a goal line stand and he was thinking you know we lost the game but michigan fumbled at the goal line right after so it's definitely one where these coaches their legacies are defined by it you know ryan day He's 55 and six, but people care about the one and two. It, it's, it defies all logic in some ways, and that's what this rivalry does. I think it's going to be an awesome game, though. We've been waiting for it all year. Um, Didn't and, he get hammered last year for punting in a plus, plus not, yeah, situation? They punted, 
Yeah, and then they went for it on a fourth where they probably shouldn't have went. Everybody will nitpick every right, and that's why with Sharon Moore, I'm like, you know, Jim Harbaugh, he's coached in a Super Bowl. You know, he's had his calls second guessed in the biggest game right. football provides. So it is a difference, but you know the the fallout, and, and we can address that real quick. Um, High State loses. I'll, I'll do both for you. High State loses. Fallout around here in Central Ohio will be fire Ryan day. I can't believe we lost three in a row. It's ridiculous. What's wrong with Jim Knowles? Fallout in Michigan, much more severe. It's we lost no playoff. What uh, you know? What is Jim Harbaugh going to be on the Raiders sideline? What's the NCAA going to do? Is this college football version of Watergate continue? And I think it speeds up. You know, and and so. Yeah, they put your chip. They put their chips in and let a bunch of 19, 22 year olds decide all that, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. All right, so you only need to single screen at noon on Saturday. Uh, you can multi-screen coming back here in the 3.30 afternoon window. So we got number six, Alabama at Auburn. The Iron Bowl, 3.30 on CBS. It's familiar time. Alabama is a 14-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, usually these are the two of the highest-rated games of the year. Every year, Alabama-Auburn and Ohio State-Michigan, of course. On paper, this Alabama game should be a blowout. Alabama has won nine straight. They've beaten their last three SEC teams by comfortable margins. Uh, Auburn is coming off a 31-10 to loss to New Mexico State last week and is six and five, but Bama just has not played great at Auburn, right? Auburn has covered four of the last five at Jordan Hare. Uh, They won three of the last five, and they should have probably won two years ago. It took uh, quadruple overtime and Bryce Young driving uh, the Alabama 90 yards in the last minute to survive an an upset bid there too. So, And they were like 20-point dogs that game as well. So does this weird – War Eagle voodoo strike again, or does Alabama keep rolling? I think Alabama keeps rolling. I just don't. Any team that loses to New Mexico State is not going to beat Alabama. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I think it's going to be particularly brutal. Um, 
You're right, though. They've had some weird ones. And, you know, that spread, again, 14 and a half is a lot. And then anytime I see this is we'll get into that with picks, but like this is the hardest week for me because you just can't gauge which, you know, throw the records out the window and all that kind of stuff. But you just can't gauge which ones it really is like that, because I could say that about every game on this list. Right. But you don't know what it not every game ends by a field goal. So I like Alabama to cruise here. They take the emotion out of it. And it's crazy to say that this is a, a you could really insult the Auburn fan base by saying this is a tune up for the Georgia game. <laughs> Washington State at Washington, the Apple Cup, another uh, big rivalry game. Four o'clock on Fox is your other afternoon spot. Washington is a 16.5-point favorite. Uh, this is a, a TCB game for Washington, right? Take care of business. Apple Cup, they, it's their last Pac-12 game. It's, uh, that's all pushed aside. They, they got their eye on the playoff. Everything else kind of is just a sideshow at this point. They dodged a bullet in the rain at Oregon State last week. Now they're in position to get to the playoff for the first time since 2016. Uh, they've won eight out of the last nine in this series. But interesting, the last game in Seattle was a wazoo blowout of a Washington team that was totally in disarray. That is not the case now. They jumped up into the top four this week in, in the rankings. Uh, Tuesday night, they, they passed Florida State. It's all right in front of them to me. This is this is Washington rolling. This is Washington staying focused and 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 trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. You know, I, I think this is then this is where I'm talking about the gauge, right? I, I think the Cougs are gonna come out and, and play really well. Mm. And for Washington, I think Washington wins, but it's you've played three straight ranked opponents and mm. now you got a rival, and then you gotta look ahead to Oregon. That is a lot to ask from them. And I, I'm not saying Washington's going to lose. I'm just saying this is one of those farewell games where I think the Cougars, they got themselves together last week, obviously crushed Dion, by the way, and uh, had an extra day to prepare. I think they cover, and it's a shootout, but this Washington team sets up the Pac-12 championship with Oregon that going to be much, much must-watch TV next Friday night. That's a very good point. And the uh, the letdown look ahead situation that the the solid verbal guys talk about very much so in play right here, looking ahead to the Pac-12 championship, and then a letdown coming off those three ranked games. So that is something to keep in mind for that game. That should be good. One game to keep in mind on Saturday night, uh, the evening window, another playoff implication game. Number five, Florida State at Florida, seven o'clock on ESPN. Florida State six and a half point favorite. Very very interesting game. Of course, how does Florida State respond without Jordan Travis? How does Tate Rodemaker play? Style points will be of the utmost importance for the Knowles. They're going to be under the microscope now that they've dropped to number five. On the other side, Florida lost their starting quarterback last week. Graham Mertz broke his collarbone. He'd been playing pretty well. 20 touchdowns, three interceptions this year. Like, very quietly because, you know, Florida's five and six. So, uh, he's been playing a little bit under the radar, but... It wasn't necessarily because Graham Mertz did not come through. Uh, Florida has lost four straight, uh, danger of missing a bowl game for just the third time, Bill, since 1990. So uh, this is this is a legit rivalry game. I think I've told you this story. I went to um, a Vanderbilt at Florida game a few years ago in Gainesville with my friends and 
talking to Gator fans before the game, after the game, whatever. And we would bring up, you know, so Florida, who's your rival? Is it Georgia, the Florida-Georgia game? Is it Tennessee? You've had big rivalry games. Is it Florida State? Like what? And just without fail, it was unanimous. Florida Mm -hmm. State was their number one rival. And so they will be feeling that this is another one of those games where it's all on the line as far as the fans are concerned. For sure. And, you know, last year I sat up and watched this game. It was on Friday night. It was a Black Friday game. Anthony Richardson and Jordan Travis were putting on a show. Great now, game. Now yeah. I feel like this one's first one to 20, you know, and that may be shortchanging Tate Rodemaker. And we talked a little bit about that last night. We knew they were going to get leapfrogged by Washington, but I'm of the opinion that if they win the next two games, that they are a thousand percent in the playoff. Mike DeCourcy, our basketball writer, and I were texting back and forth this morning, and he was wondering the same thing. And we were kicking around some of the comparisons. And Driscoll had a good one last night. He said it's not Barrett at Ohio State. It's not, it's certainly not Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin's the one where we were like, Yeah, they they don't have to punish them, but they're not gonna win it. <laughs> and then um he said Dennis Dixon, the old Oregon quarterback. It was mm. perfect. That was a perfect comparison because he was obviously without Dennis Dixon, the season changed for Oregon. We'll see if that happens. I don't know that it will this week. And there's no scenario where there's five undefeated teams. And so they'll be left out there because right. Ohio State's playing Michigan. So the maximum undefeated teams can be four, right? Right. So, so, yeah, they'll let them in if they win their next two. If they lose, they won't go to the playoff. It's pretty simple. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's go into our confidence contest. I, I rebounded last week, Bill. I don't know if you noticed. I rebounded big time. I went four and one. You went one and four, even though you did great on your sportingnews.com picks. For some reason, the pod picks did not follow suit. I outscored you 13 to three. So the new season tally, Trochi 88, Bender 82. We do five games against the spread every week. We order them bowl confidence pool style, five points for the most confident, one point for the least. And now we will go through. You make your picks. Start me off with your five pointer. Let me record as the official secretary of the All America podcast. Go for it. Uh, let's do Alabama minus 14 and a half. And I know that's a lot of points in the Iron Bowl, but I think they just come in and crush. I think they're going to win like 31 to 10. You've been on the uh, Alabama bandwagon for a while there. I know. I think I got them right. I've been getting them right. So I'm sticking with what's right. And uh, I'll go five there like I did with L- – they, they took care of me with LSU and Tennessee. I think they'll take care of me here too. All right, I'm taking Louisville minus seven against Kentucky. They're at home. They're trying to finish off their, you know, kind of dramatic miracle, not miracle season, just a great season. They're playing well. They got through Miami last week. I think Kentucky's just playing out the string at this point. I think a touchdown is not too much to ask for Louisville at home. So I'm going with the cards as the five pointer, which is the key game in this contest. We have figured out you got to get that five pointer. Right. Well, we'll come back to that one. But I got North Carolina minus two and a half. And I know their defense is not great. Um, Against NC State? NC State. NC State. You might want to double check that line. I got it at two and a half. Um, There I got pull it up right here. I like the Tar Heels. I know they've lost that game the last couple years. I know this is a 
It's been a tough one, but I, I just have a feeling that's one that I'll take the offense. I'll take Drake May. It's probably his last game regular season. May not play in the bowl game. We don't know that yet. Um, and they are two and a half on the road. So I'm going to go road favorite, small favorite. Tar Heels flip the script on the Wolf Pack. Hopefully you have better luck than I do betting on North Carolina because usually when I pick them, they, Drake does not come through for me. My four-pointer is going to be Florida State minus six and a half at Florida. I think Tate does come through. They rally around him. They've got good backs. They've got good receivers. They know style points are going to be important. And Florida, a backup quarterback situation as well. I think Florida State's defense can get after him. I think Florida State wins this one comfortably. That's a good pick. Um, I could do this one again. I minus one, minus one and a half. I'll, I'll take the one and a half over. You're breaking. You're breaking up. You're breaking up on oh, that one. Okay, I got. Okay, I got Iowa minus one and a half against okay. Nebraska. I'm going to take the Hawkeyes in a close no, one. No, they're plus. They're plus. They're plus. Oh, then I'm absolutely taking. All I have to do is That's win. what's the incredible take- thing. Last time I looked, it was plus two and a half. Let me look at it again right now. Yeah, you're getting plus two and a half, Bill. <laughs> I'll take it with that defense that creates a lot of turnovers. Um, <laughs> Nebraska did lay it to them last year, so it's a little bit of a concern, but – I'll take – I know they burned me last week. They didn't quite cover that spread against Illinois. But if I'm getting points, all they got to do is win. I'll take the Hawkeyes. I like that. That's a good one. I'm going to take Missouri minus 7.5 at Arkansas. I didn't like the vibe coming out of Arkansas. It's like, yeah, we're keeping our coach. But it wasn't like a celebration. It was just kind of like 100 euro check. The athletic director didn't want to admit to mistake with big extension for Sam and everything. I don't know. I just didn't like the vibe. And Mizzou has all the vibes this year. They've, you know, pulled another one out against Florida. Unbelievable. Those last three plays, they converted a fourth and 17. They got to feel like they're on top of the world. So I think Missouri can cover the the seven and a half, even though it's at Arkansas. That's a good pick. I'm going to go. This will be a swing game for us. I'm going to take Kentucky to cover the seven. Mm. And... They've won the last four in the series. I don't think the talent gap between Louisville and Kentucky is considerable at all. You know, it'll it, both teams can run the football a little bit. I still think Louisville is going to win the game, but I like a close game there between the Cards and the Wildcats, and that one can get a little bit nasty. That's one of those where I will say you can throw the records out this weekend. You better hope so. <laughs> <laughs> For at least a minute. Two-pointer, I'm taking Ohio State. Plus three and a half. I think Marvin Harrison can be the difference like we talked about. There's concerns about McCarthy. There's concerns about Sharon Moore. Like, I just, everything seems to be pointing in Ohio State's direction a little bit, other than the fact that Ryan Day does seem to get tight in these games a little bit, and it's on the road, and the the environment is going to be pretty hostile. Those are the things going in, in Michigan's favor, but... I don't know. It's feel even a field goal loss. I still cover, so I'm going to take the three and a half. Yeah, I'm, and that's going to be my one. Ohio State three and a half. So, okay. um, I'd be a disservice to our listeners if I didn't pick the game. Uh, and and for Michigan, if they do win, they haven't won this game as the favorite. I did do that research, so they haven't been favored since 18. They haven't won as the favorite since 2011. 
and they haven't won as a favorite against a ranked Ohio State team since 2003. Uh, the 3-11 and 11 games were at Michigan, though, so it'll be a coin flip game. I'm looking forward to it. We'll have plenty of coverage at Sporting News leading up to it and, and during the day, so it's game on. I mean, that's we talk about it 365 days a year around here, and <laughs> that's the one day, so it's pretty cool. All right. Yes, you will be live in Ann Arbor, uh, bringing people coverage at sportingnews.com. My one-pointer is uh, Oregon State, for all the reasons I mentioned earlier, uh, plus 13 and a half. I think uh, they won the game last year. They, they played Washington just as even as Oregon did. I think you know you mentioned the, the, the send-off game, the motivation there. Uh, you know, Oregon is... I think they're going to win, but I think two touchdowns is too much in this game, even though it's in Eugene. So, all right, to review, so you got Bama minus 14 and a half, North Carolina minus two and a half, uh, Iowa plus two and a half when you thought you were giving points. That's a little bonus for you right there. (laughs) Kentucky plus seven and Ohio State plus three and a half. I'm going to go with Louisville. That could be the swing game of the year for us. This could determine the whole contest. Mm-hmm. Minus seven at five. Florida State minus six and a half at the Swamp. Mizzou minus seven and a half at Arkansas. I'm taking Ohio State in the game plus three and a half, and Oregon State in what used to be known as the Civil War, but it's still known as the Civil War plus thirteen and a half against Oregon. So, all right, let's go back to the Trochi trivia question. Michigan Ohio State themed. Who threw more touchdown passes? In Ohio State, Michigan games, Tom Brady or CJ Stroud? I mean, I, it's Stroud, and I think I can get you the exact total. Oh boy, um, I figured you might be able to. Brady is one was one and one against Ohio State. He won one, he lost one, and I'm pretty sure the one he won, he threw a couple pair of fourth quarter touchdowns. I could almost get you the names. Like I know he threw one to Marquise Walker. So that was a big one for him. Um, Stroud threw four, and he was 0-2 against Michigan. He threw two last year. Well, I was at those games. I better know those. Two and uh, two. and two. So Stroud, more touchdowns. Brady, better record. Yeah, or- Stroud, you're right. Stroud threw four. Brady threw three. Uh, Brady in 98 uh, threw one in a 31-16 loss. And then in 99, he threw two. In a 24-17 win. win. Comeback win. Comeback win. And then in 22, Stroud threw two in a 42-27 loss. And in 23, he or 21 and 22, threw two in a 45-23 loss. So mm-hmm. there you go. Stroud, 4-3 over Brady. I figured you'd get it. And, oh, yeah. uh, and I'm happy you did. So, all right, big weekend. Let's go. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone, and uh, thanks for listening to the CFP Nation All-America Podcast, brought to you by Twisted Tea on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information. We will be back after week 13. Three more shows next week. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day, and we will see you soon.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.